Welcome to the Compliance Perspectives Podcast. I'm Adam Turtletow from the Society of Corporate Compliance and Ethics and Healthcare Compliance Association. Joining us today from Washington, D.C. is Lori Tanzi Martins. Lori is president of the International Business Ethics Institute and a longtime member of the compliance and ethics community. Lori, good to talk to you again. It's been quite a while. It has, Adam, and uh, it's just amazing to me how many changes we just continue to see in ethics and compliance. I mean, you and I have both been in the field more than a couple of decades, I think, and it's constantly evolving and constantly changing. It changes faster even than my hairline, so (laughs) that says a lot. So let's, I was hoping today we could talk about cultural issues and you know the impact of remote work on corporate culture because i think that's something we're still facing you know what have you seen in terms of the impact and and what's that having on ethics and compliance programs you know it's this is such an interesting topic adam and we actually backed into our interest on this topic as you know the institute has done a lot of work around speak up cultures and speak up environments And we became curious to say, well, this big move to remote work, what kind of impact is it having on speak up? And as we started to kind of peel the onion on that, we found that the repercussions went far beyond just speak up culture and really gets to the heart of corporate culture. And I'm sorry to say, I'm sorry to disappoint folks, but frankly, the impact of remote work on corporate culture, it's been a killer. Virtually every study I've seen over the last year says culture has really taken a major hit due to the move to remote work. Now, before we go any further, though, let me just clarify what I mean when I talk about culture. It's those shared values, the beliefs, the norms, oftentimes behaviors and practices that when taken together form form part of the collective identity of the organization. It's kind of that that secret sauce that differentiates one company from another, even though they may be in the same industry and doing the same lines of business. So with that clarification, let's talk a little bit about what we're seeing of the impact of remote work on culture. And I think one of the most important aspects of culture that I mentioned is this idea of shared values, which translates into shared mission and shared shared purpose, the the extent to which we feel aligned with our organizations and what our organizations are doing. And there has been some recent Gallup research that shows that the level to which employees feel aligned with that organizational mission and purpose has decreased substantially over the last couple of years. And I think that the tip-off as to why that's happening is who feels the most disconnected. And I don't think I'm gonna shock you, Adam, when I tell you it's remote workers. (laughs) Why these declines have largely leveled off among hybrid and in-office workers, remote workers are still in a free fall. And I think that might explain another stat that I have recently seen that frankly, when I saw it, shocked me. We all know that for, for many employees and especially for remote workers, that ability to work remote is actually their number one job criteria. You know, they're the remote workers, they want to stay remote. That's very important to them. But guess who is the most likely to leave your company? It's the remote workers. They have a higher turnover rate and they have a higher 
uh, intention uh, to leave their current job than either hybrid or in office. And I think that traces back to this loss of connection, this loss of alignment with the organizational culture. And that actually, as it plays out, does have a significant impact on ethics and compliance. There is research that's existed for a long time, which suggests that employees who feel less loyal to their organization, feel less committed to their organization, are more likely to be very transactional in their decision-making. In other words, they're less likely to take into consideration things like reputational risk, long-term damage to the organization, those, those very things that we in the ethics and compliance field have been trying to inculcate in our employees to look long-term, look at the impact, to consider organizational values. So I think that points to a real risk area that we have in the field. And as I started out talking about this, the other real risk area from an ethics and compliance standpoint is this decline in employees' willingness to speak up. We've seen declines across the board, but especially among remote workers. I think there's a number of reasons for that. There are few opportunities for informal exchanges. You know, there's those times when maybe you see your boss or, or maybe you see the, the ethics and compliance officer or other uh, professional. You see him by the elevator, you run into him in the cafeteria, and you can kind of have that quick, hey, can I run something past you opportunity. And I also think for remote workers, it is harder just to develop trust, especially those who have come into the organization in a remote capacity. They haven't built those longstanding trusting networks of colleagues as well as past bosses. And that really can have an impact. It can, can have a negative decrease on, for example, psychological safety, which we know is at the core of people's willingness to speak up. And, and related to that, we've also seen rates of perceived retaliation skyrocket over the last couple of years in, in virtually every study. So I think this does point to the psychological safety issue as well as it creates a new opportunity for retaliation. I mean, if you wanna get rid of somebody who speaks up about misconduct and they're remote, tell them that their, their job is now in the office and they're gonna to have to start coming in. So I think there are so many different ways that it is impacting the culture and that is trickling down and having a significant repercussion on ethics and compliance. Well, you know, I'm totally not surprised. I mean. Working remotely, you know, does sort of invite a, a for a transactional element to things. I come in, I do my job, I finish my job. You leave me alone, I leave you alone. You know, is definitely a possibility, and people lose connection with sort of the common thread of culture, and, and it sort of goes into something I do wonder with so many people working remotely is that you know people went into the pandemic a part of the culture, the the thread gets frayed over the years, um, but things are starting to change and some have done better than others. You know, what if companies who have done well through the time uh, that we've been through done right in terms of preserving their corporate culture? That's a tough one, Adam, because honestly, every company that I know of is really struggling with this. We're all still figuring it out. 
Now, some companies, especially tech companies like Microsoft, Google, Facebook, they have done a much better job in investing in technology that allows for better meetings, presentations, collaborations, and connections, but we still have a long way to go. And as I said, this is something that every company I know of is really struggling to make an impact with. Well, it's gonna be interesting to see, especially now that we're moving back into the office. Um, you know, and one of the questions that comes out of that is, how do we get people reconnected? <laughs> I think the easier way to answer that question is, let's talk about what not to do. So let's start by not having team meetings where everyone, including the in-office people, are all in a conference room, sitting in front of their individual laptops connected to Zoom or Teams because one person is remote. And so the entire interaction is still really taking place remotely. And one of the complaints I hear as we move back to, uh, we, we confront this push of, of going back to the, the office is, why are you forcing me to come in when all I do is sit in front of my computer all day on Zoom calls? So that's a really good place to start. When people are the, in the office, we need to take advantage of that and work with through technology. There's also some various meeting strategies that we can employ that includes the remote workers while not having the in-office people also on their computers. And here's another one. Here's, here's another suggestion about how we can increase this connection between folks and, and again, help reseed our organizational culture. Maybe this year, maybe we cut back on the virtual or online training programs and presentations. Now, I've seen studies that show more than one third of workers are totally tuned down of, you know, online or virtual training programs or presentation. You know, they're checking email. Some of them are actually working their side gig. <laughs> Some of them are actually in two meetings at the same time. I don't think I could pull that off, but I think among the younger workers, that one tends to happen a bit more. So we've got to, at least while we work through this transition period, we need to get people together, get people together in person, face-to-face, one-on-one. Training and presentations, even the town halls are an excellent way to do that while making provision for remote workers, but we'll, we can get to that. Yeah, well, you know, it's a good segue now that, you know, how do we avoid leaving behind those who are remaining remote? And, and along those lines, you know, how do we adopt our ethics of compliance program to make sure it continues to include them while we are more responsive to people being back in the office? It, yeah. So I would say, first and foremost, train managers on how to lead teams with remote and hybrid workers. Not since the dawn of the personal computer in the workplace, how we have we so totally upended how people work. Yet less than half of companies even offer training for managers and even fewer mandate it. You know, we didn't stick people in front of an Excel spreadsheet when we first had the, the advent of computers in the office and say, okay, figure it out. But that's basically what, what we're doing with remote. There are lots of things managers can do to improve this connection with remote workers. Some are very simple, 
like appointing an in-room avatar for remote workers who can be communicating with one team member to share things during team meetings if they are having tech difficulties, or even to you know privately chat with this one one avatar to get a feel for the mood in the room. You know, how's everybody taking this? You know, what what's your sense of the room? So that, that they can tap into that. Or when onboarding a new remote employee to the workplace, send them a care package with local favor, uh, local flavors, some food specialties, the local sports team t-shirt, and individual notes from everyone on the team. So there are various things that can be done, and, and those are just a couple, but we need to train managers on how to do it. And ultimately, that should really flow down through all the employees who are going to be working on remote and hybrid teams. The second thing I would say is to invest in bringing these people into your offices, at least periodically. I see a lot of companies falling prey to penny-wise, pound-foolish, freezing and reducing their travel budgets, but you're never going to be able to immerse someone in your culture without periodically bringing them in. It's a little like talking to Parisians over Zoom and thinking that you've now experienced Paris. It just doesn't work like that. No. Now, just to kind of wrap up with some thoughts for ENC programs, first of all, we need to make sure that our own metrics are tracking in-office versus hybrid versus remote worker when it comes to things like hotline calls, training completions, because that can kind of be an early warning system if we're having trouble with a particular group. We need to find ways to connect with these individuals as ethics and compliance professionals. We need to raise our profiles with remote workers in particular. Look for interest groups. Maybe it's a book club or a sports fanatics group or even video gaming devotees that are dedicated for remote workers and join them so that we're hearing a little bit more and, and having more face-to-face, -face, or not face-to-face, -face, but at least having more engagement and connection. And then finally, I would suggest if you don't have dedicated speak-up training tailored to remote and hybrid workplaces, this is one area you should look at as a priority for the next couple of years because of the risks I mentioned about these employees being not only less willing to speak up, but also much more likely to delay, sometimes for weeks, if they suspect a misconduct issue. Lori, thank you so much for sharing these insights with us today. Uh, I wanna thank all of you for taking the time to listen. I'm Adam Trigletown from SCCE and HCCA. I hope we're able to expand your compliance perspective.